Welcome back to another edition of Unbashful. I, of course, am your host, Nicholas Doucette. And this is a late one for me. By the time you guys watch this, it's probably going to be a couple of days from now. But it's about... uh, What time is it right now? It's 4.42 a.m. And I just can't sleep for some reason. And the Oscars just went down. And I'm gonna, I was going to make an episode about this regardless. But that was going to be later tomorrow. Well, I guess today. But I thought, fuck it. Let's just talk about it now. I'm awake. I'm good to go. So let's go over all the winners. And keep in mind, this is going to be a, a pretty informal discussion as, as a, a podcast is. And uh, I don't really have any notes. I'm just, this is sort of my kind of raw thoughts, so to speak, about what I thought about the Oscars and uh, if I thought of all the winners deserved it or not and so on and so forth. But just so I don't forget, let me pull up uh, Oscar winners 2023. Okay, let's. Let's get the list up here. Um, Okay, so... Alright, so, yeah, just to give you my, my general thoughts, I... It started out a little shaky, um... All Quiet on the Western Front. Mind you, this is a movie that I haven't seen. So I can't really go too in-depth, but it was taken home a lot of awards in the beginning. It won uh, Best International Film. Um, it won quite a few other other awards. And it seemed like, it didn't obviously end up continuing, but it seemed like that was maybe an early sign for even more awards to come. And... And it may be maybe a trend that was about to happen for the rest of the evening. Like it, I was talking to my friends and it seemed like, damn, like, is this movie going to start collecting like screenplay, best picture, maybe even some of the acting awards. But obviously a lot of it ended up going to everything everywhere, which was the movie that I was rooting for. Um, so it ended good when we got to the, when we got to the, to the heavy hitter awards, like, you know, acting and screenplay directing that one exactly as I as I would have picked um except for except for women talking I think women talking won best one best original screenplay whereas or sorry what sorry I think woman talking won best adapted screenplay and I would have picked uh, Glass Onion to win that. But other than that, I mean, all the heavy hitter awards went to Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was the film that I thought should win Best Picture. It's funny, going into these Oscars, I knew there was a lot of hype for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And I knew that a lot of there was a lot of campaigning for it and there was sort of a resurgence in, in discussion and popularity. But I just had this feeling that that Banshees was going to get the lion's share of the awards and look banshees is a good film um and if it had won some of these awards i wouldn't be over the moon i wouldn't be upset i wouldn't be mad or anything like that 
but I, I don't know, there's something about everything everywhere, especially with this surge of the multiverse and this, you know, this is sort of becoming the new MacGuffin of Hollywood. I think they've done it the best so far. And you just beyond the multiverse aspect of everything everywhere, it's just, it's, it's a great family drama. It's, it's, it just, it just implements so many, like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, go over and, and over and over. I, I've talked about how much I enjoy the film, but, and I, I've, I've mentioned this before, like, and I don't throw this, this, this sort of, you know, whatever feeling around. Cause I don't, I don't feel it very often, but when I walked out of everything everywhere, all at once, you know, I felt euphoric. It, it, it had an effect that I never felt. Like if you watch a movie, you you usually feel something. You know, not every time. Some movies are more, you know, forgettable or disposable than others. But you know, generally speaking, you feel something. Even if you hated the film, you know, you walked out feeling disappointed, like you wasted your time and money. And then on, you know, in the inverse, you watch a really good movie. Uh, sometimes, you know, you know, a really good movie can mean many things. Like you could watch a movie that was really fucking sad, but you, you know, you, you might've needed to feel that way in that moment. But anyways, I'm getting way off track. It's late. I'm sure a lot of you probably know where I'm going, but yeah, everything everywhere won seven Oscars. Uh, this list here is not, uh, it ain't coming up for me here. So, okay. Okay. So film editing went to everything everywhere. Visual effects went to Avatar, the way of water. No surprise. Original score, all quiet on the Western front. Uh, live action short film went to an Irish goodbye. Never watched it. Animated short film went to the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. Never watched it. Um, achievement in sound that went to Top Gun. That was my pick to win. Uh, costume design went to Wakanda Forever, which did surprise me. Um, I thought it was going to go. I thought it should have went to Babylon. Uh, cinematography went to All Quiet on the Western Front, which the fact that Top Gun and 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 and, and, and let me just be honest. I don't love Top Gun like uh, like a lot of you do and you know obviously that's fine everyone's entitled to their own opinion but i i've never seen the first film so maybe i've been told this film really doesn't um like like i i've been told by many people you don't need to watch the first film to watch this one there's no like direct you know uh there's nothing in the story that you need to have necessarily watched like the first one to understand what's happening. Um, I don't know if that has to do with it. I just, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Uh, but I can recognize that that film was beautiful to look at. And the fact that it didn't get a cinematography nomination, that does baffle me. Um, once again, though, this award went to All Quiet on the Western Front. And I could, I could give my gripes about that, but it'd be unfair because I haven't seen the film. So... I'm kind of limited in my opinion in that regard, but let's move on to production design, all quiet on the Western front once again. And similar to costume design, I would have given this to, to Babylon. And to be honest with you, I think Babylon was criminally misunderstood and underrated. 
by audiences and, and, and certainly by the Academy. I mean, this seems like the kind of movie the Academy would galvanize around. You know what I mean? Like it's very much that kind of artsy, you know, and, and it's about Hollywood. You know, like the Academy is a sucker for movies about Hollywood and the history of Hollywood. So I'm surprised it didn't get more nominations. I had it as my number three favorite film of 2022 like it didn't get a best picture nomination which i think it should have it didn't get uh any acting which i easily think uh diego luna um or is it diego luna what's this the actor who played the character manny in the film i think he absolutely should have got a, a nomination for best actor actually i don't know about best actor he was great brad pitt 100 percent best supporting actor i don't see how he didn't get that i i would have probably taken out Barry Keegan swapped him with with Brad Pitt. I know, I know, I know. I I I feel a lot of you yelling at me right now and and, and throwing your pitchforks and throwing a fit. Just my opinion. Um, but anyways, let's 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 continue on to here. So international film, all quiet on the Western Front. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna go over song and documentary. I most people don't really care about that. Uh, actor in a supporting role. Okay, so. Kihoi Kwan, hopefully I pronounce your name correctly, sir. Everything, everywhere, all at once. This was my pick to win. I think he absolutely deserved to win. I think he was the heart and soul of that film. And uh, deservingly so, he gets the award. Actress in a supporting role. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. This is really the only win that I don't... I mean, I guess I, I just talked about Babylon and how that should have gotten a couple of those previous ones. But this was the one that stood out to me the most. And I'm sure this is going to be the one that stands out to a lot of you. Jamie Lee Curtis pulling in the best supporting actress win. Now, look, don't get me wrong. Jamie Lee Curtis was 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 great in the film. And she was funny and, 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 and I enjoyed her performance. But... I don't think she should have won this award. I think personally, it should have gone to Hong Xiao for the whale. And 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 I know a lot of you were were hoping Angela Bassett should have won. And I would have picked Angela Bassett before I would have picked Jamie Lee Curtis. So let me just get that out of the way. But my pick was always Hong Xiao for the whale. But I knew I I knew that she probably wasn't gonna get it. But I I've always been behind Hong Chao. And then my second pick, my runner up, would have been Angela Bassett. And my third would have been Stephanie uh, uh, Hume. And then my fourth would have, been, would have been Carrie Condon from the Banshees. And then my last pick would have been Jamie Lee Curtis. So I personally, Jamie Lee Curtis for me, I don't know. The, that I, I, I'm not on board with. Uh, she, she did a good job, obviously. I mean, I mean look, I, all the nominees did a great job. Uh, but I, I personally wouldn't have, have gone with her. Okay, so let's... Go to, is it not going to show? Okay, oh, I skipped past some of it. Oh, I skipped past a lot. Okay, let's go to director. Director, Daniel Shiner and Daniel Kwan. Well, the Daniels, for all intents and purposes. Everything Everywhere. Once again, I would have picked them to win. I'm glad they got the win. Uh, Actress in a leading role. This, This surprised me, but... It surprised me in a good way. Not like what I just talked about with Jamie Lee Curtis. See, I wanted Michelle Yeoh 
to win for everything everywhere for actress in a leading role but i just didn't think i just didn't think the academy was going to give it to her i've heard all this talk about tar and clay and uh, and kate blanchett which she was great she was fantastic but i really really wanted michelle Yeoh to win so i'm happy she did that that genuinely surprised me i was with my friends and and i don't think they expected her to win either but she got it so perfect actor in a leading role i've been saying from the jump I've been saying since I've watched this film on Christmas Day. Yes, I watched The Whale on Christmas Day. I don't know why. Uh, Brendan Fraser, absolutely. I don't think there was any discussion about it. I've seen all the other performances on this list except for Paul Mescal. Uh, I actually saw Bill Nye in Living. And look, I I knew he wasn't going to win it. And I once again, I don't think he should have I think Brendan Fraser should have and I'm glad he did but Bill Nye he don't sleep on him he did a fantastic job and kind of a film that went kind of swept under the radar uh but yeah so Brendan Fraser won for the whale happy about that I'm glad that the academy did not snub him because I was getting worried he was going to go to Austin Butler and don't get me wrong I loved Elvis you can go I have a full video on the film I really really enjoyed it probably more than most people uh, but I mean, okay, look, if Brendan Fraser hadn't won, I'd probably would have given it to Austin Butler, Colin Farrell in the Banshees of Inisherin, you know, he, he did great, probably the most nuanced performance. Um, but for me, I think, uh, I don't know. I just think Austin Butler would probably be my run up. Okay. So original screenplay. Okay. So I got this wrong. I said, oh no, no, no. Okay. never mind. I'm all, I'm all over the place. Um, once again, it is late. Forgive me. Yeah, original screenplay, everything, everywhere, all at once, hundred percent. Once again, that would have been my pick. Like I, I, to write a film like that, I can't even imagine. So then, adapted went to Women Talking, which we talked about earlier. I think it should have gone to Glass Onion. Kind of a snub there. Animated feature film. Uh, I'm not a big animated guy. I've only seen one film on this, two films on this list. Excuse me. I've seen Turning Red. Did not like that film. Uh, then Puss in Boots and The Last Wish. I did see that. Enjoyed it. Had a good time at the theater. Um, wasn't blown away. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Now, I've actually wanted to watch this film. I just have I have a list of priorities, a list of things I got to do. And that's that's not even on the list. So at some point, I'll get around. But I, I've seen the buzz. I've seen the, the, the discussion around it. And uh, that one's animated feature film. Original song. Not to, not to, from RRR. Uh, I watched RRR loosely. I was at a friend of mine's house and I, I was doing work on my laptop and he had it on in the background. So I, I wasn't closely paying attention to the film, but I, I was sort of kind of passively watching it, you know, popping my head, you know, over my computer here and there to see what was happening. Uh, so I didn't really watch the film and I'll be honest, I don't even really remember this song, but they played it. Actually, they performed it at the Oscars and it was pretty good. So Hey, there you go. Documentary feature, Navalny. Uh, I've scrolled past, scrolled, scroll, I've scrolled, excuse me, past this documentary on Crave, which is essentially Canada's version of HBO Max, uh, and looked interesting, never watched it though. Uh, documentary short, The Elephant Whispers, never watched it. International feature film, we, we already talked about that, everything, that, or excuse me, that went to All Quiet on the Western Front. So that just leaves us with Best Picture, and of course, that went to Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, coming in with seven 
Oscars. Deserved every single one. Maybe except for Jamie Lee Curtis. Would have probably given that to... I, I, I would have given that to either Angela Bassett or Hong Chao. So, one or the other. Um, but I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have given it to her. So, other than that, I think the Oscars went well. It was overall a better experience. I, I, I didn't mind Kimmel as the host. I think last year they had Amy Schumer and the two other comedians. I didn't find them funny at all. I actually found them kind of offensive at a, in a, on, a, on a couple of instances. Um, not like to me, but I think some of the things that we're saying to the, some of the other actors and, and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. I think some of their attempts at making people laugh just didn't work out. And overall, obviously the slap and everything like that. So we all remember um yeah let me know what you guys think you know normally the the fun thing to do and i'm sure you're probably going to see clickbaity videos like this on youtube within within a few hours probably of people making these big headlines of this person got snubbed so on and so forth and i mean look i can't really sit here and say that there is any like glaring you know, snubs or mistakes made. I mean, look, I think Everything Everywhere is one of the best films of last year. And uh, I think it absolutely deserved 99% of the awards it got. And I'm surprised it got all of those awards. Because as I mentioned, I, I just had this feeling that Banshees was going to... is is the kind of film that the Academy kind of would like lean toward over everything everywhere. I feel like they were going to look at everything everywhere with that, you know, prejudice mindset that they have for like Marvel films and stuff like that. I know it's not a Marvel film, but like with the multiverse, I thought that was going to be something that was going to sort of like discourage them from, from, uh, from voting for it. But Hey, I guess, I guess they saw the magic in that film that we all do. And I'm glad. So, uh, yeah, actually now that I'm thinking about it, the only, the only snub, I would say, really is the Batman. And, you know, Roger Deakins actually talked about this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I read a quote that he said earlier because I totally forgot about the Batman. The Batman, in my opinion, was the best film of last year. I think it easily should have got a Best Picture nomination. 100% should have got a original score and cinematography. I don't know how, I, to be honest, I, I would have taken out Empire of Light. Uh, and that is a Roger Deakins film. I would have taken out that film that he did. And I think, you know what? He probably would have been okay with getting sub for the Batman. Um, and, and once again, his quote was something along the lines of the, the best cinematography work of this year was a film that was not nominated. And he was referring to the Batman. And, and basically, he went on to say that it's because of the snobbery. And I got to admit, I, I'm, I'm with him on that. Like... I, I don't know any of the Academy members. I've never even seen their faces. They're almost like like uh, <laughs> like a special ops group that sort of work underground beneath us. Like, like what do they do all year? Do they just sit around and wait for every movie to come out and watch it? Like, I, I've never thought of like a face like, oh, that guy is the Academy Award. And I just feel like at the end of the day, I mean, the... You know, I enjoy watching the Oscars, but sometimes when 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 these films, like some of these big blockbuster blockbuster films, get neglected, it it just goes back to this old adage, and you know, it's just it's it's snobbery, kind of like Roger Deakins said. But anyways, that's just my opinion on that. 
I'm not saying they're all I'm, I'm not saying they're they're snobs to begin with but it's it's that it's that kind of snobbery behavior you know like when you go to film festivals you often will talk to people and 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 it's don't get me wrong being a being at a film festival is a great environment you're around very passionate fans and, and very passionate people but there's always you know the people that go to film festivals that are just like the snobby cinephile fans that think they're judgment and they're they're the kind of people that think you can look at film objectively you know what i mean like if you don't like something that they'll like they will criticize you and try and try and get in this intellectual pissing contest and and say that you know and you don't you don't understand the thematics of it like i do and i've watched citizen kane 47 times and you haven't so i know film better than you do people like that um yeah so, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place here, but, you know, it is what it is, right? Let me know what you guys think about the Oscars. Um, that's sort of my overall take. Uh, overall, you know, I'm glad that Everything Everywhere took home a lot of awards, but I would have liked to see a film like The Batman maybe squeeze in there. So, tonight was also the Last of Us finale. I thought this show was going to be 10 episodes, but I guess it was only 9 and uh, overall, I thought the finale was pretty good. It was a really short episode. I think it was might have been the shortest we've seen thus far. And in the beginning of the episode, we see Ellie's mom, which is pretty interesting because if you've played the game, uh, I think Ellie might have referenced her family and a little bit of her past in that regard. Uh, but I don't think you see her mom. And it was nice that they got the actual voice actress of Ellie to play her mom in a short little uh, role in the beginning of the episode, so that was pretty good. Now, given that this is the finale, and if you've played the game, I'm going to talk about the game and, and the episode. So, spoilers ahead. You know that this that that a lot was going to go down, and certainly a lot did. It was pretty much copy and paste what happened in the game, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I know that that sounds like a, a criticism to me. I think um, they've deviated in certain areas throughout the telling of this of this version of the story, they've remained pretty faithful to the game, but you know, where they, where they can and where they have deviated, it's made sense for the show. So I haven't really had any issues in regards to like the show remaining faithful or not to the actual game itself. So, but this was probably the most copy and paste we've seen, but it, it wasn't once again, like that, that's not a bad thing for me. Like we, we see the whole, you know, obviously the, the story itself is about Joel escorting Ellie to the Firefly so they can experiment on her and create a vaccine. And then, of course, throughout the journey, uh, they form a bond and a kinship. And, and now she's more of like, you know, an adopted daughter to Joel. Um, but we see the whole thing go down. We see Joel go on a fucking mass killing spree and murdering everyone. And then at the end, we see him kill, which will obviously end up being Abby's father they they're they're obviously going to they're obviously going to do that. We know there's a second season and if you pay close attention, that last shot, uh, that close up of of the of the surgeon on the floor with the bullet in his head, that was not by mistake. That was clearly for the fans and for the people that know what's coming. Um and even for, you know, new to, new audiences if they've never even played the second game. I mean, you don't put a shot like that after a character that's already been shot in the head. You wouldn't put that extra focus on getting a close-up of them beyond just the shock value. You wouldn't do that if, if, if that didn't have some kind of significance. And obviously that will 
end up coming back in into the fray when we get to the second season and we get to Abby and that will, you know, sparkle a whole motivation for her character and then thus, you know, creating the story for the second game. So, and it's actually been talked about by Craig Mazin who's the showrunner for this, uh, you know, along with Neil Druckmann, they've discussed how they could split the second game into two seasons. And to me, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's a lot of ground that needs to be broken. There's also a lot of adaptation they can do because so much time has passed from the first and the second game. And we just pick up the second game right in Jackson. And we've already been introduced to Jackson. So we've already gotten that part over with. They could take a little bit more time, maybe introduce the WLF and Abby, and like now that I'm kind of thinking about it out loud, because as I talked about with the Oscar stuff, this is all just off the top of my head. I didn't really have time to normally create a bunch of notes. Like obviously, it's a podcast, so you know I never write out a script. I hope it certainly doesn't seem like I'm reading off a script. Like I have my laptop in front of me, but for those of you that are watching, if you're wondering like what I'm looking at, I'm just monitoring the audio levels, making sure I'm not, you know, fucking screaming into the mic and therefore hurting your ears. Uh, so yeah, I'm not reading a script or anything, but I don't have the amount of notes that I normally do. So anyways, where am I even fucking going? I'm all over the place. Yeah. Uh, splitting it into two parts. I think that makes sense. That gives them a lot of time to, because essentially the last of us part two is two parts. You know, you have the first half of the game, which you're, you're playing Ellie and then obviously everything that happens with Joel, Joel gets killed. Um, I feel like Joel will probably die. Uh, if, if that's the case, if they're going to split the second game up into two seasons, I feel like they'll save Joel's death to the end of the second season. And then that'll spark uh, Abby's, you know, whole arc, a whole half of, of the second game. That'll probably be the third season but the second season will probably be ellie older and i assume bella ramsey will return to play the character um and i mean by the time they roll cameras i i think she's 19 so by the time they roll cameras she'll she'll be probably i don't know 22 so you know it'll line up she'll look a little bit older because i think in the game she's 19 which is a friend of mine was telling me that um so yeah i i think it'll line up because there's some discussion that Bella Ramsey will get recast in the second season. I don't think so. Uh, I think audiences will be kind of pissed off because now we've now we've grown an attachment to this particular actress as Ellie. Now, of course, if there was like a twenty-year gap, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you look at The Crown, for example. You have like five actresses playing, you know, Queen Elizabeth. Obviously, the woman's lived an entire life, um, but in this case, you know. Ellie jumps by like four or five years and, you know, given the production time, how long it's going to take to write, you can keep the same actress, but yeah, so good finale. Um, now let me just give you my overall thoughts on the show. I really like it. I would give it, I mean, we'll, we'll save the score for after. I really like it. I like certain elements about it, but there, and I was talking about this with a friend of mine, there's something that I have felt is missing about this show, but nothing glaringly obvious. Like I, I can't put my finger on it. I really like it. It's a good show. One of the better game to screen adaptations we've seen. Absolutely. 
but there's just I, I there there's something off that 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 that's never hooked me about this show. You know, there are certainly great episodes. I mean, episode three with uh, it's it's I'm losing the characters' names. I mean, you guys probably know what I'm talking about. Episode three with the whole thing with with Frank, Frank and uh, fuck, what's his, what's the other guy's name? I can't remember. Episode three. I think it's still probably the the best episode. And, you know, and honestly, the finale is probably second. I really like the finale. And I, I was getting worried. And I saw the runtime. It was like 44 minutes for the finale. Like, we, have, we haven't even... seems like we haven't even gotten close to the hospital. But they did it in a, in a, in a pretty cohesive way. Although, I, the only gripe I have with this finale is that I, I, I wish the actual sequence of Joel... Not that I want to watch somebody go on a killing spree, but yeah, I feel like we I feel like we went through that sequence a little bit too fast, just in my opinion. Uh, he was still a badass. He was still you know doing his thing, obviously. Um, yeah, morally, ethically, you know, he's killing a lot of people that are probably innocent, absolutely. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, it happens in the game, and, and I think overall they do a good job of, of translating it in the show. Uh, I just, I think, you know, even kind of getting rid of the music and just having, um, like no sound, just, just the sound of the bullets flying back and forth and just the sound of like the, you know, um, the discussion between the henchmen, like he's over there, he's to the left. Like you can hear that, but it's like kind of crowded by this soft ambient sound. And a lot of, I think might be from the game. I don't know, but yeah. Um, I like the show, but as I mentioned, you know, normally when I've, when I have a criticism like this, I'm able to kind of point it out, but there's just something like it, it, maybe it just never fully hooked me like it did for some other people, but I still really enjoy it. And you know what? I overall would give it a 7.5 out of 10. It took me a while to get on board with Bella Ramsey as as Ellie, but not in a toxic way, not like a lot of people I've seen talk about her. I, I have nothing nothing against her as, as a performer. I think she did well, but I just had such su- such a deep tie, you know, to Ellie in the game, which is kind of my own fault. I think maybe if I had watched this first before the game, I think that might have, you know, flipped. Uh, never had a problem with Pedro Pascal as Joel. I, I bought him right from the jump. Um... And even his brother Tommy. I wish we would have seen more of Tommy, but I mean, I assume going into the second second season, we're gonna see a lot more of him when we when we go back to Jackson. Uh, now I say that about Bella Ramsey, but I, I'd say probably episode four is when I is 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 when it clicked for me, and then by then I was on board. And episode eight was probably the best performance she gave as the character. That's when I was like, that's Ellie. That is Ellie. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's actually funny. Now that I'm thinking about it out loud, Chris Stuckman talked, talked about the show. And when he gave his review for the first episode, he said, he talked about the choice, you know, from a, from a, from a photography standpoint to, to, to shoot a lot of scenes handheld. And, you know, I don't mind that. And, and I'm not some cinematography nerd. I, I don't know a lot about this kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of speaking from a from an uneducated position. So forgive me. But 
it seems like there was a lot of that handheld shooting. And for me, it works at times, but sometimes, you know, I, I would have liked to see some kind of different shots. I know it sounds like I'm nitpicking. I probably am. Like I said, it's fucking late. It is 6 a.m. I haven't gone to sleep, but that's what I do for this. <laughs> so that's what I do for this channel. I love doing this. I love doing the podcast. So if you're enjoying it, subscribe. Um, I will ruin my sleep schedule to provide you good, entertaining content. Uh, but yeah, so Last of Us finale is done. Let me know what you guys thought uh, about the show. Were you over the moon about it? Did you not like it? Let me know down in the comments below. Now we're going to talk about Creed 3. I'm going to give you, call it my review, I guess. Okay, so Creed 3. Have you guys checked out the film? It's been out for a couple of weeks now. I've seen it twice. My first viewing was an absolute nightmare to get to the theater, but can't blame nobody but myself because I decided to make the trek through a storm because I saw the film in Toronto and I live just outside of the city of Toronto. So uh, just that night, there happened to be a massive blizzard going on. So I had to trek through that, Um, but I made it happen. I drove careful, stayed off the highway, and I made it there just fine. But my tickets were for, uh, like, like I got advanced tickets for a, they called it a live IMAX premiere. And I, I was trying to figure out what that would entail because I knew it wasn't going to be the actual, like, red carpet premiere because I don't think anybody wants to come down to fucking Toronto, Canada this time of year. It's a complete hellhole. It's freezing. Um, and I knew that they had already done some other premieres in other markets, you know, more, you know, tropical places like, you know, Australia and so on. So, you know, then I was trying to figure out, okay, are we going to get some kind of merch or like, like what, like what, what am I paying the extra $20 for with my ticket? And all it was, was a, basically an hour of interviews live on the red carpet before the film. And, you know, I don't, I don't really care for that like if I want to see those interviews I'll watch them after the film and they'll just get chopped up into separate clips on YouTube I mean and I'm the kind of person man like I I I gotta pee after like an hour and a half you know and some of these films are already like clocking in at almost three hours nowadays and it wasn't just me I like this was a whole hour dedicated to like following this guy going around, taking you to talking to like, you know, Jonathan majors and you know, Michael B Jordan and so on. I'm like, that's cool and all, but you know, I get my snacks, I get my goodies and shit. And like, not just me, we're all waiting to watch the film. And by the time the movie starts, well, everybody's got to pee. You know what I mean? So kind of frustrating. I don't know if that was worth the money. Uh, I, I guess I got to see the film a little bit earlier, but then I saw it again when it came out. So I saw it on the 27th of February and then it came out on the third. So then I saw it again on the third and, uh, you know, my thoughts didn't really change that much. Um, I did happen to put a, a few of the notes here. Um, Jonathan majors, easily the best part of the film. Uh, I talked about him recently on, I did a review. That was my first like, like review. If you guys know what I mean, that, 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 you know, that, that format that's become popular now, I, I gave him my, my little, my shot with my own style. 
Um, and, and you know, I like Quantum Mania for what it's worth. You know, I, I I think it's better than than what people are giving it credit for. You know, say what you will, but I I think most people agree Jonathan Majors was the best part of Quantum Mania, and it's no different here. And it's because of his character. Right, he's playing a character named Damian Anderson, who is best friends, well, really good friends with uh, with Adonis back when they were kids. And and I'm not gonna spoil what happens but basically something happens involving a weapon and you know maybe even adonis should have served some kind of consequence maybe not jail time but something maybe but of course he fled the scene which is a running theme in this film which is part of you know damien's motivation is not only that he had to serve 18 years but he feels like his friend got away scot-free um, and he, he, he calls him a coward several times uh, throughout the film. And, um, you know, this is a character that doesn't, you know, time is, is very much a theme in this film as it is in a lot of movies. You know, this, this is a character that's, you know, he, he, he was a boxing prodigy before he went to jail and he had time on his hand because he was so young. But now that he's, he's like in his 30s and that's it's very much a criticism uh, throughout the film. You hear a lot of people say, you know, he, you know, Damien looks old um and so on so you know time is time is of the essence for him you know adonis he he's successful he's already accomplishes you know he's he's got his bag he's got his money he's got his belts you know dame's like hey man i this is it it's all or nothing you know um and i think his character is so interesting because out of all the you know typical you know boxing antagonists we've seen you know he's probably the most nuanced right down to their f- the first interaction when essentially Damien re-enters Adonis's life when he comes when he finishes his incarceration and they sit down and get some lunch and they kind of talk about the direction that Damien's going to go and you know Adonis asks Damien you know like do you have do you got work and he's like oh I got a plan and he tells him about how he wants to be a boxer you know how he wants to continue basically picking up right from where he left off and you could see like He's got this sense of like drive, but you see as he's explaining himself and, you know, he's just trying to enjoy a nice conversation with Adonis, you could sense that sense of like impatience in him because like he's, he's getting, he's older, you know, he's, he's lost 18 years of his life and, and, and like, this is his time right now. And of course, how he approaches, you know, getting back into the sport of boxing is a little bit sociopathic if that's even a word he basically uses adonis as you know as as his segue into it he uses his name and his clout it doesn't you after you find out everything that happened you realize that he never even really cared to to re-enter adonis's life and actually be his friend again it was more or less like just kind of like I need you right now. And then after he had that first fight, he got that exposure. He pretty much said bye-bye. Um, but there was still that bad blood between them, which inevitably led up to the fight. So an interesting antagonist. You understand the motivation. Um, so that's definitely the... For me, that was the biggest positive. Another thing I liked, of course, is Adonis. Now we're seeing Adonis in a different light, right? Because the last time we saw him and the last two times we've seen him, he was he had that hunger in him. He was still fighting. In this film, it seems like he's taken a step back because he's accomplished everything he set out to do, right? He's got the money now. He's got the belts. Like I said, he's a world champion. Now he can kind of be a family man. I mean, he's got a daughter now in the film, um, and he's just sort of become kind of like a promoter and a businessman. He's the one organizing a lot of these fights now. He's become the guy in the chair 
uh, and he's not he's kind of taken a step back from boxing until inevitably Damien kind of brings him back in. So a nice approach to that. I like the story. Uh, the soundtrack was a big thing that I enjoyed too. The very first song we hear at the gate when we fade into the film. Uh, was called The Watcher by Dr. Dre. like that song. I've been listening to it a lot. Um, Michael B. Jordan's direction was a pleasant surprise for me. I was a little bit apprehensive about that going into this film. You know, you're going to let a guy who's, you know, who's a great actor, but he's never directed any film. You're going to let him out the gate direct a studio project. I mean, well, not let him, but you're going to, as a studio executive, you're going to let, I mean, like... Basically, what I'm trying to say is, from a studio perspective, that that's a that's kind of a risk, you know what I mean? But then again, there's risks involved with every kind of everything in this business. So, but it ended it ended up, you know, going out pretty well. I actually think he's a really good director. Um, and if there's one scene that I could point to, you know, in in terms of him showing his directing prowess, uh, was that fight in the end in the climax of the film between Damien and Adonis. You know, it wasn't. Your typical boxing fight. There was a few great shots. Uh, the first one that I think of that comes to mind is that one where Damien punches Adonis right in the abdominal, and you could see his back arching. He's almost trying to swallow the punch as best as he can, uh, and you see like the beads of sweat are just bouncing off his back. I'm not a big anime guy, but a lot of people that I've spoken to that are into anime have, have said that, that that kind of shot draws a lot of parallels to like fight sequences in anime. And apparently Michael B. Jordan is a big anime fan himself, so maybe he implemented some of that to pay homage, who knows. Um, and furthermore, going into that fight, there's like that sequence when it almost feels like they both internally block out the block out the crowd, and it's just essentially them in a ring making it really personal between them because it is a very personal story and there's even a few times where Damien's got Adonis against the ropes but you know instead of the ropes we see like the jail cell obviously referring to you know the the you know the past 18 years that, that Damien served so yeah um those are the positives you know, I, I enjoy the film um in terms of negatives like there's not like a particular glaring flaw that ever stood out to me throughout the film, but I, I was never blown away at the same time. You know, like, as a boxing movie, it's good, but it doesn't really break new ground. Uh, but then again, the amount of these films that have come out over the past, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, I'm not sure there's much ground that is left to break, uh, just in my opinion. But, yeah, um, let's get into the rankings. Now, I thought it'd be fun, instead of just giving you my normal overall ranking, which I still give you, at the end, I'm going to do these little sub-categories that will give you my numerical rankings for, like a blank out of 10. And then I'll end with a letter grade as the overall grade. So let's go writing. I'm going to give a 7 out of 10. Performances, 9 out of 10. Direction, 7.5 out of 10. Cinematography, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Rewatchability, 6.5 out of 10. Overall, I'm going to give it a B. Once again, good film. Pretty good directorial debut for Michael B. Jordan. Like I said, I I had my doubts, but then again, at the same time, if you think about it, he's worked with some of the most talented filmmakers in this business, so I'm sure he's learned a lot along the way, so he's had his film school, so to speak, and uh, I'm excited to see him, you know, direct and, and obviously perform in more projects, but that's going to wrap up 
Today's episode of Unbashful, I am tapped out at this point. It is late. It is 6.47 a.m. I'm going to try to get about an hour of sleep. I don't mind fucking up my sleep schedule to make some entertaining content for the few people that watch this show. But if you guys don't have time to watch, well, you can listen on all audio platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you normally listen to your podcasts or music, um, I'm sure you will find me, I know you will find me there. Uh, Guys, if you enjoyed this video, please leave a like, it'll help push this in the algorithm to get more people to check out the channel, this is a very small channel, I'm continuing to try and build and grow it, so, you know, subscribing, it's free, you don't gotta do it, I'd really appreciate it if you could, Uh, leave a like as well, and just, you know, let's just have a discussion in the comments, let me know how you felt about this year's Oscars, you know, did your picks end up, you know, did you get your picks right, did you get your picks wrong, did you agree with who won, so on, so forth, let me know down in the comments below, guys, girls, everyone, that'll be it for me, I'll see you on the next one.